This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! I've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. And the majority of it is not WWE-related wrestling. So it's not the Mae Young Classic? Oh, I got that to talk about. But I got other stuff to talk about. It was a big week in wrestling we just had. A really big weekend in wrestling outside of the United States. All Japan Pro Wrestling had their 45th anniversary show. AAA had Triple Mania 25. Oh, yeah. Uh Noah had a big show. Uh, There's a lot of big, big wrestling shows this past weekend outside of WWE, and uh, I got little snippets of each one of those I want to chat about. All right. But I think I want to jump on Oscar real quick, and this is a big spoiler, everybody. I don't care if you know, but uh, they're handling her broken collarbone, but having her relinquishing the title in upcoming episode of NXT uh, under the guise of she's signing with Raw and SmackDown. Raw or SmackDown. What do you think of that? Well, at first, um, I mean, I, I avoid spoilers at all costs. Yeah. You know, but that I one. typically do as well. <laughs> that one, like any any site, I, I mean, it was all over Twitter. People, like, oh, yeah. wrestling-related anything were posting about it. So yeah. I, I sort of saw it. And at first, I was kind of pissed. Because, you know, I mean, the way that that NXT is structured, she really wouldn't, by the time she got healthy, she would be able to defend the she title would. at the next takeover. And I, honestly, I think that's what they should have done. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I was like, you know, that's kind of sucky. Why does she have to go out like that? That sucks. But then I started thinking about it like this. None of the women down there are really her level. No, I mean em- Ember Moon put on a good match the last match. Um, Nikki Cross had a good, you know, decent shot. Yep. But it's still, you know, she's in like a whole other world. Yep. Oh no, you, I, I won't have an argument out of me. I mean, she definitely is on another level compared to everyone else down there. I know that sentence got me in trouble a little while ago, but uh, I, there's no one there that can touch her. And if you, you know, going into the May Young Classic now, there's a couple people there. I could see it. Uh, the, the course, the, the one I could see it the most is the other is the other Japanese competitor. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's funny that the biggest threat to her coming in from apparently from right now, what it looks like, is another Japanese woman wrestler. So well, you know. So thinking about it like that, yeah. I I mean, obviously they have to know that they don't yeah. really have, you know, like the the men's title. The, the world title. Yeah, the NXT always, championship. There's always someone else that, yes. you know, you think could carry the company. Yep. You know, it was Nakamura for a bit, and then Samoa Joe, and then Nakamura, and then it was Bobby, know, Roode. Bobby Roode for a while. For the, for the last eight months. You know, and now Drew McIntyre has it, and Adam Cole is coming up, and not only that, you have, you know, there's a ton of other people. Eric Young is there. There, yep. There's like a lot of other people that you can be like, all right, I can see them. Chris Hero. 
Oh yeah. Sorry, Cassius Ono, Roger yeah. Strong. You know, Alistair Black soon. You know, yeah, probably. Yeah. Even Hideo Itami himself. You know. Yeah. You know that you yeah. can see. Yep. They have a long line of people that you're like, oh, okay, they have someone to pass the torch to. With the women, you're like, they have people, but it seems like it's not like two or three years ago when right. there was a group of, you know, five or six of them. Yes. That like were when we had amazing. Charlotte and Becky Lynch and <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks and right, everything. And, and yes. Emma. And, and Emma, you yeah. Know, when Emma was great. Uh, you know, and right. Paige. And like that whole group there. Now it's like there's Asuka. Yep. And then like two steps down are the rest of them. And while I can see them all having good title runs in the future. I can't see any of them beating Asuka. I can't see any of them beating Asuka. And that's that's yeah. why I'm like, you know what? Let her relinquish the belt. It's Do probably it for the way. best. It stinks that, you know, her title run had to end that way. But I mean, 500 something days. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what else did she have to prove? Honestly, nothing. Absolutely so, nothing. I mean, the only thing that the only thing I could see happening is is they, you know, the winner of the May Young Classic tournament gets a title shot against her NXT Takeover at Survivor Series, and either she, you know, either beats them or doesn't. But say she does beat them, yeah. Again, you're now you're in that scenario of what do you do with her? Yeah, exactly. I just this is my biggest fear in the world, and she's gonna go up to the SmackDown. And in her first match up there, they're going to job her out to Naomi or some garbage thing like that. Like, because, <laughs> oh, Vince, you know, they got to lose. I mean, Not, look what they did to Charlotte. Like, they had her go up. Her her raw debut, like, before the big Divas Revolution was a 30-second loss to Natalia. Yeah, well, Natalia is the current women's champion, so... Okay, this was long before that, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just... I could totally see it happening, but whatever. Sticking on the... Uh, uh, just the, the brief highlights real quick. Uh, going back to Noah, their big show on August 26th in Tokyo. Uh, Eddie Edwards uh, beat uh, Nakajima for the Global Honor Championship, so their world title. Um, he's the first ever foreigner, the first Gaijin to ever hold the championship, and it's uh, illustrious history. So that's pretty significant. He's also the former Ring of Honor World Champion, former right. Impact World Heavyweight Champion. So, I mean, he's racking up the world titles on his, uh, on sure his resume. I'm not sure was. Uh, Global Force Wrestling. Oh, Actually, yeah. I've heard okay, of listen, listen to this. Global Force Wrestling doesn't call their world title the World Heavyweight Championship. They call it the Global Championship. Well, you know what? Good for them. It's so, something different. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you know, speaking it's like of when, when WWE made the Universal title instead of another <laughs> world title or, yep. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh... Jumping on some New Japan Pro Wrestling news, um, I finally got around to watching the Okada vs. Omega match from August 12th, the uh, G1 Climax, their Block B final. Okay. Uh, a 30-minute time limit. And so with the 30-minute time limit, they didn't go like they did the other matches where they kind of felt each other out or they, you know, they started out slow. They just they, went right at each other? They Dude, you got to watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, someone's posted the entire match up there. They kickstart that match. They go like 28 minutes of the 30-minute time limit. 
and uh, it's a damn good match. I, I dare say it may be the best match in the series, huh. but this is an unbelievable series. And I know people you know, don't like Meltzer, and that's fine. They don't have to. But their January 4th match at the Tokyo Dome where Okada won, they, he gave it six stars. Their June 11th match uh, where they went 60-minute time limit draw, he gave that six and three quarters. And then the August 12th match where Omega won, he gave it six stars. These guys have had three six-stars matches in eight months. That's incredible. And think about it this. The next night, August 13th, Omega fought Naito and lost the G1 Climax to Naito. But that was also a five-star match. So the guy had two five-plus-star matches two days in a row. Um, if Omega's not firing on all cylinders right now and not the, literally the best in the world, it'd be, yeah, you'd have a hard time arguing against it. You know, Absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, if you look at the uh, PWI, they just released the 500 number ones Okada first time ever a Japanese wrestler getting the number one spot. And it's the first time I don't look at that list and go, Are you fucking kidding me. Uh, except number four is Roman Reigns. Otherwise, I, I completely agree with the top ten. <laughs> who who um, was he ahead of? I, I didn't see the list. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but I know he was ahead of 495 other guys. No. Uh, let's see here. He was ahead – well, he was ahead of like – I think one was Akata, two was AJ Styles, three – might have been Nakamura and then Roman Reigns. So he was ahead of like Kenny Omega, John Cena. Nakamura might have been six actually, but it, regardless, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I know AJ Styles was number two. So, yeah. How, how is he ahead of Kenny Omega? Fuck, I don't know. Someone posted the other day, and that was my comment was just like, other than Roman Reigns, I'm, I have no issue with any of these. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. But yeah, no, it was just yeah. It 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 it's it's yeah. It's a ridiculous notion that <laughs> Roman Reigns is number four. I mean, it's better than like years past, where like you would look at that top ten and just be like, oh, here we go. Um, number two was AJ Styles. Number three, Kevin Owens. Number four, Roman Reigns. Number five, Kenny Omega. Number six, Shinsuke Nakamura. Number seven, Dean Ambrose. Number eight, Samoa Joe. Nine, Bobby Roode. And number ten was The Miz. I don't – I'm confused. What? Like, I mean, this is everywhere in the world, right? This is the PWI, though, but yes. Right, but still, how is your top ten eight WWE guys? They've always been WWE heavy. But – Oh my goodness! There's so many people that could. I know. The fact that they made Okada number one like actually makes sense. The only other time they've ever put some, there's only two other times they've put someone at number one where I've been like, okay, that makes sense, and that I can think of. That was Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago when he won the world title at WrestleMania 30, and back in like the mid 91 when it was the Ultimate Warrior. No. <laughs> ass clown 97 or 98 when they made it when it was Dean Malenko because mm. it was actually like oh he pro- at that time he probably was the top Matt wrestler in the world right. but the fact that like you don't have like say even Zack Sabre Jr. in the top 10 is kind of ridiculous I mean there's a lot of other guys I can think of that probably should be in there but regardless 
Uh, number one being Okada is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um, my other New Japan news I want to talk about real quick is uh, Minoru Suzuki is coming to the United States for the first time in 25 years. And he'll be wrestling uh, Cody Rhodes for the Ring of Honor Championship at, uh, September 22nd in Las Vegas at the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. So that's kind of cool yeah. to me. Uh, remember me talking about a while ago uh, how um, Kevin Von Erich was going to be coming out of retirement to wrestle a match in Israel? Oh, yeah. All right. So that actually happened July 9th. I I remember checking a little while ago, not finding it anywhere, but finally I just found out. Okay. It happened July 9th at, in Tel Aviv. It was with the Israeli Wrestling League in co-promotion with Los Angeles Wrestling, which, by the way, both those federations are based out of Tel Aviv. So, yeah, don't let the name fool you, Los Angeles Wrestling. <laughs> uh, World Class was huge in syndicated TV in Israel, and they were running tours there starting back in 1983 for a few years. So him wrestling there is not really that big of a surprise because he's, he's, he's big there. Okay. But uh, in the match, Kevin, who is 60 this year, and his sons Marsh and Russell, Marsh and Ross von Eric defeated Gary Roy, I can't, uh, Gary Roif, who owns Los Angeles Wrestling, Jumping Lee, who owns Israeli Wrestling, and Marty Jannetty, who what the fuck? <laughs> I I'm surprised he can even walk across a ring. Yeah. I know, right? I mean, last last I heard, his ankles were in pretty bad shape. Yeah, yeah, that and alcohol. Uh. <laughs> no, there wasn't a video um, of him sitting in a fountain somewhere. WrestleMania last, not this year, but the year before. Yeah. Okay, I just heard That's a shame. Uh, Joe, Marty Jannetty was always one of my favorites. I just heard Joey Janela on. Uh, the Art of Wrestling podcast. They did one of their live episodes, and he was one of the. They when he does a live episode, he'll have like four or five guests on, and they'll be on there for like five ten minutes. And he told the story of uh, Marty Jannetty drinking at a bar with Marty Jannetty, and this was I don't know if it was before or after their match at Joey Janela's Spring Break this year. And when the sh- when you know when they left the bar, you know Marty was just plastered, and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna walk home, and and Joey felt bad. He's like, No, man, you can't walk home. Let me give you a ride home. And so they got in the car, and he's like, Marty, what street do you live on? And he said he lived on N-Word Street. And they drove around for an hour trying to find where Marty Jannetty lived and kept asking him where he lived and kept asking him where he lived. And he was so out of it. And then, like, they got to this gas station. Marty was like, oh, I'll just walk from here. And Joey's like, oh, okay. By then, he's like, fine, whatever. So he drives away for a few minutes. He's like, nah, I can't leave him like that. He heads back, and Marty's, like, sleeping next to the dumpster. So he picks Marty up and he's like, and Marty's like, hey man, how's it going? Like he hasn't seen him, you know. And uh, he takes Marty's phone and he calls his girlfriend at the time and he's like, uh, where does Marty live? And he goes, she goes, Marty knows where he lives. And she, he goes, well, he can't tell me. So you could give me his address. So she did. And they, they, they head to the address and they go there to drop him off. And the fucking guy lived across the street from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> like, That's amazing. We lived across the street <laughs> from the bar. An hour? We drove around for over an hour. He <laughs> lived across the street from the bar. So brilliant. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling had their 45th anniversary show on August 27th in Tokyo, and I'm not going to go over the whole thing. A couple of highlights I do feel like I want to bring up: Ultimo Dragon. Oh wow. At, 
at 50 years old defeated Tajiri for the junior heavyweight championship. Junior? I know yep. it's a weight thing, but the two of I them know. as a junior anything is kind of I, amazing. Tajiri's 46, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, wait to hear about this match. Uh-oh. Oh, man. And a tag team extravaganza. Oh, better be Jewish and Thunder Liar. Dory Funk Jr. and Hiro, and, and Hiro Sato defeated okay. uh, Masanubi Fuchi and the Great Kabuki. And this was Dory's sixth match this year. Now, here's – Dory Funk Jr. is 76 years old. Yeah. Uh, Sato or Saito – is 56 uh fuchi is 63 and kabuki is 68 bet you that match was stellar when the youngest guy is 56 years old you know what though what they, maybe it surprised you i bet you it did i do want to see this i know i know where i can watch it i just haven't had a chance to watch it yet because i watched the may young classic i watched and i watched triple mania right 25 which is like five and a half hours long. Mm. I watched it over like three three different periods, and I skipped the entrances because they didn't matter anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so 76-year-old Dory Funk still stepping in the ring, his sixth match of the year, all in Japan. It's crazy. Crazy. Hey, if there's demand. Yeah. So Triple Mania 25. August 26, Mexico City Arena. And this is different from Arena Mexico because, like, Arena Mexico is the Madison Square Garden of Mexico. Right. And that's where CMLL runs shows. And sort of like how only WWE can run MSG, only CMLL can run Arena Mexico. So that's why AAA has their show at Mexico City Arena. Of course, the big controversy coming out of that was uh, Sexy Star intentionally dislocating Rosemary's arm during their tag match in the yeah. finish. Yeah. I'm sure you heard about that. Yeah, I saw the video, you, too. See, when you watch the video, it doesn't look like much. But, well, um, it's, it's weird because yeah. she's in the arm bar and she taps. Yep. And then – She reapplies she start, it? She like, yeah, she puts it back on. Yep. And, like, starts, like, really wrenching and twisting and pulling. Yeah. And she knew the match was over because the ref told her the match was over. Right. Yeah, it was intentional. Sexy Star had some statement I just read, and it's, intri- it's, it's like, put through Google Translate, so it's it's re- it reads, like, horrendously broken English. But basically, she's just like, oh, I didn't realize anything happened. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what the story has been. <laughs> it's been a, it's a bunch of bullshit. Rosemary is like she did it on purpose. Yeah, and apparently during the match, her oh yeah, and, her um, and uh, her and Lady Shin, yeah, uh, uh, Lady Shani, they were or Shani Lee or whatever, they were shooting on each other. And I watched the match, and you can definitely see where Lady Shani and Sexy Star are in the fisticuffs together. As a matter of fact, Shani gets busted open really bad and she wears a mask. And I, I'm thinking it was a hard way. Um, that match was the drizzling shits. I'm not going to lie. You know what? Pretty much every match on this card <laughs> was the drizzling shits. Like they couldn't like every, okay. So there's nine matches on the show. And it was there's five two, and a half hours long. Well, the whole show is six hours. The first like half hour is like, um, it's it's available via Twitch TV. Okay. They broadcast. Okay, this is how you, this is how I was able to watch it. Twitch TV broadcasted it live. 
Um, like tri- like AAA let it had Twitch broadcast it live around the world in different languages. So the American team, I, I don't know who they were, but this is this is this is how I interpreted it. You had uh, two guys who were watching it at the same time we were, and that's how they were calling the action. So they didn't really know anything about storylines, or they okay. didn't know. They didn't know like when someone did a run in, they didn't know who it was straight away. They had to wait for the camera to show them so they could see him too. And at first they tried to cover it up, and by the end they were just like, "Fuck it, we don't know who this guy is." Until they saw, and then like, "Okay, no, that's this." And I was cool with that because actually, for two guys just sitting there like watching the show and doing commentary to it, they did a really good job, right. you know. And they did know who almost all the guys were. It's just like, but until the camera got on them, they couldn't tell you. Whereas like a commentator knows when a run-in's happening, they know who's doing the run-in type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But one of the cool things was is one of the guys spoke Spanish. At least I assume he did because he was translating everything that was being said. So that was cool. So when they were cutting promos or doing their their presentations or whatever, because there's a tremendous amount of pomp and circumstance on these tri- on on Mexican shows. Yeah. Like you know the promoter the 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 owner the original owner who died years ago and the promoter who who's been running who died earlier this year. Like the original promoter's wife is there and she looks just in despair and she's holding two urns, the ashes of each of them. I mean, like there's so much like, you know, they always talk about the telenovelas, how dramatic they are. uh, This I mean, yeah, it's it's that level of ridiculous over the top drama. (laughs) So the opening matches actually were um, I want to say like 12 people. Because they were having like their version of Tough Enough, which was called like uh, Going for Glory, I think is what they called it. Okay. And so the two opening matches, the pre-show matches, were the contestants. And one was a triple threat match, and the other was a – or maybe been 11 contestants. It doesn't matter. One was a triple threat match, and one was a four-on-four match or five-on-five. One, two – no, four-on-four. So there was a triple threat and a four-on-four. And those matches were actually really good. Like those were decent matches. I enjoyed those. Some great high flying action. The the typical nonsensical Mexican multi man matches where you know the lucha libre rules where the guy exits the ring so someone else can come in. So you really never know who the legal person is. Right. And so the opening matches were were, were good. I thought. Then the actual pay-per-view started, and there was like six matches on the pay-per-view. And the opening pay-per-view match was a, a Mexican or a Lucha Libre specialty match where you have a, a man, a woman, um, a midget, and an exotico on a, one team, and then the same on the other. So it's an eight, eight, uh, four-on-four match. Okay. Do you know what an exotico is? No. It's basically a cross-dressing guy oh, okay. who dresses up like a girl and is a wrestler. So anyways, so you had that, and uh, Hernandez of LAX fame from TNA was on one of the teams. And that was just a big cluster. I mean, and, and the finish came when, when the woman wrestler hit the other woman wrestler with a chair, like kind of nonsensically out of nowhere. And the chairs they use are not these metal folding chairs. They're like really cheapy aluminum chairs, but they look like they hurt. Okay. And they're folding. They look like they hurt. They make a tremendous noise. I mean, just a ridiculous noise. Um, but yeah. So that, that was kind. Of, and then the the second match was the the women's trio match, 
or sorry, the woman's fatal four way were sexy star one breaking Rosemary's arm. And then there was a, uh, four way tag team match for the AAA world tag team championships. And again, this was just a giant clusterfuck that had a bunch of run-ins <laughs> from this point on. Every match had a ridiculous number of run-ins um, at the end. And like, it was just like, can they not just have trying to get everybody on the card? It was so ridiculous. I mean, okay. So, uh, Aerostar is in this match. And one of the things he does is he's, he's standing on murder, uh, sorry, monster clown's shoulders because they have a series of clowns. Okay. And he's going to grab the lighting rig and climb up on the lighting rig. He can't reach it. They lower the lighting rig down. <laughs> he climbs up on top of it. They raise the lighting rig back up a very, very high up. He stands there for five minutes. And as they continue to have the match in the ring, and now you can't see what's going on in the ring. They just have the camera on Aerostar. He's like, what's he going to do? He's going to stand there for five minutes while the action happens. And finally, the guys in the ring are going to set up so he can jump down on all of them, mm. do a crossbody. I mean, it was it was just dumb. It was dumb. And then they had this match. Oh, my God. They had a – it was like a Triple Mania 25th anniversary type match where you had 10 three-man teams coming out every 90 seconds around the ring was some triple a veterans who had belts because it was a lumberjack match as well so it was you had you got eliminated by being pinned if you got thrown out to the side you got beat with belts from the lumberjacks from these veteran legends of, of of lucha libre and then the teams were made up of legends or current guys or past guys or former guys or whatever. And so, um, so there were 30 guys in the match. Yeah, yeah. And then another 20 or so outside. Nope. There was, I, I want to say, seven or eight outside. Oh, okay. And then there was run-ins at the so, end. So there's like 40 plus people involved in this match. Yeah, a different. Were, yeah, were any of them people that were involved earlier in the show? Nope, none of them were also involved in the show. A lot of the people in this match aren't normally in AAA, or they used to be, or they came out of retirement, or oh, okay. you know, they're Jeff Jarrett, Bobby Lashley, and Moose. Was that so the actual is, team that came out? Well, Team GWF was Jeff Jarrett, Bobby Lashley, and Moose, except. They each got their own introduction, and they each came out 90 seconds apart. So they didn't even come out together. So, I yeah, get it. it was stupid. The whole thing was dumb. Um, the biggest – but, like, there was a few guys in there that, like, I hadn't seen in a long time. Heavy Metal, uh, Pyrita Morgan, Volano Fi was in there, uh, La Parca, uh, Psychosis with his mask back on, uh, Mr. Aguila, Halloween – Joe Leader. I mean, they were all in it. Blue Demon Jr. You know, so I recognized a lot of the guys. You know how long it's been since I've seen Psychosis? <sighs> I don't know how long. I, I didn't know that his mask was off. <laughs> Dude, he lost the mask in... I think he lost the mask in WCW. I don't, I don't remember that. And then that. when he, he was a part of the Mexicals in WWE, he didn't have a mask on. Him and Juventu Guerrera. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Him in the WWE... Does not sound familiar at all. Seriously? It, I've completely blocked it oh out of God. my brain. Him and Super Crazy, 
and Juventud Guerrero were the Mexicals. Yeah, they came my, out on they came out on Juan Deers wearing. Yeah, no, came, I they, I remember that happening. I just don't remember okay. it being him. I hated oh, Juventud Guerrero. Oh, me too. He annoyed um, me in WCW, and I, yeah. I don't remember him losing his mask in WCW. I know Rey Mysterio did. I'm pretty sure he did. Hmm. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry, I couldn't get to my mute button. Let's see here. Hold on. It'll tell me here at the bottom. Uh, winner, loser. Psychosis apparently lost his mask twice. That's funny. <laughs> he lost it the first time against Rey Mysterio at a live event in Baja, California, in Tijuana, Baja, California. And then he lost it at a live event in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, against Billy WCW. Kidman yeah. the following year. <laughs> so that was September 27th, 1999. Yeah, that had to have been WCW. Yeah. So. <laughs> Man, they were taking everybody's masks off back then. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Eric Bischoff's gimmick there. But, um, oh, yeah, he wrestled 2005 to 2006 in WWE as the Mexicals. He appeared at the One Night, one night Stand pay-per-view. I don't know. Wrestling Rey Mysterio. 2005? Ah, oh well. (laughs) I'm telling you, I managed to block this out of my mind. Anyway, so this match was a 26-minute clusterfuck. It was ridiculous. And this is the thing. When you have 100 people in a match, you figure it would go longer than 26 minutes. Nope. Oh, once they got a few teams in there, they start, you know, once they got like seven teams in there, people start getting pinned left and right. I think the biggest, and there were so many people in the ring, you couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, when you have like a, when a thirty-man battle royal starts that's, out, you really can't. Yep, I was gonna say that's one reason why anything. I hate battle royals. See, I like battle royals, but once they get down in numbers, they're a little better. But Fabi Apache, who is a just an unbelievable lucha libre or luchadora, and she was thrown in this match. I kind of think that's a disgrace, like uh, or, or a mis- misuse of her having her be in this match. Jeff Jarrett looked like an old man. I looked it up. He is 50. He looks like he's 60. He has like – he doesn't go to the gym anymore. Clearly, he's got a little belly going on. He came out throwing tortillas to the fans, like like <laughs> disrespectfully throwing tortillas to the fans. It was bad. I think he put on a bad performance on purpose because he was like, fuck it. I don't care. Uh, OK. So the next match – and I thought, OK, this will be good. El Macias okay. against Pagano in a street fight. Okay. And I'm thinking this has got to be good because these guys are these guys are good. Like these guys, you know, El Macias has been in a barbed wire match with Sabu and TNA. Pagano is also known for hardcore deathmatch wrestling. El Macias is Judas Macias. No, 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 no. You just said Sabu was in yeah. TNA. Yeah. Jeez. Seriously, you didn't know that? When did I ever watch TNA? I don't know, dude. I didn't know you back then. The answer was I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I I would see I would see Did clips you know of Mick a couple Foley people. Was in TNA? That I did know. Okay, he was their champion. Yeah, no, no, I knew that, and I I knew like a bunch of the WWE guys ended okay. up over there. Well, El Macias but. is in Lucha Underground as uh, Mel Morte. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyhow. 
uh, Pagano and Almasias, uh, they had a street fight. It went almost 17 minutes and ended in a no contest when there was a run-in. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then Johnny Mundo defended yeah. his uh, AAA Mega Championship, which is their world title, okay. the AAA Latin America Championship, and the AAA Cruiserweight Championship because he holds all three against uh, Hio Del Fantasma and Texacano Jr., and a TLC match. And they had all three belts hanging from the top. And you had to get down all three belts. So, this match was actually pretty solid. Yeah, I was going to say, like... This match was actually pretty solid. But the, the, incidentally, those the Mexicans are not afraid of bleeding. Because every match practically had blood. Every single match, someone was bleeding. And in this match, is no different... Uh, Hio uh, del Fantasma and Texacano Jr. They were it was they they hit arteries or something. They were just it was pouring out of their heads. Jesus. Um, Mundo did not did not bleed, but he had enough blood on him. It didn't matter. Uh, this match went 22 minutes, and this match actually was pretty solid. There was a couple blown spots, um, but of course there was there was a run in. No. At the end, a couple of Mundo's guys did a run in, and so he cheated to win, and then they basically. They started a, uh, a program with Vampiro who came out and, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty bad when Vampiro had to chant his own name to get the crowd chanting it to to, to build this angle. But I think they're going to have a match. But this is the best part. They raised the belts up. The belts are way too fucking high. The guys keep trying to go up to get them throughout the match. And finally, when it's time for Mundo to go up and get them, the they belts lowered. get lowered. Oh, that's amazing. Down. As he reached the top of the ladder, and this is the best part. They kept saying like, and, and the thing is, the guys doing the commentary, they they bless their hearts because, you know, they would they'd say like, I think this is a two out of three fall match. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's a one fall match because they clearly didn't have a format. They were just they were <laughs> right. kind of watching like we were. <laughs> but one of the things they kept saying was because they this was announced in the introductions, you have to take down all three belts to win. Well. Mundo's got two belts down, and there's still a chance someone could screw him, and like they'll take the third belt down and win, and have all the belts and win. But then they started playing his music, so <laughs> before he got the third belt down. Um, and then the main event, the main event was actually a decent match. There was no run-ins. It was Psycho Clown against Doctor Wagner Jr. and a mask versus mask match. Okay, and those are very. You know, mask versus mask match. I mean, they're a very important thing in Mexico. I mean, that's serious, serious business. They went close to 30 minutes. Psycho Clown got the win unmasking the uh, 50-year-old Dr. Wagner Jr. I mean, he's been wrestling for over 30 years. I'll be honest, he took his mask off. He looked like an absolute badass. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He had, like, the beard going on and his square jaw, but he had the, the way his beard went in his hair. He he and his face like he he looked like a tough motherfucker. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I'm like oh, he's still got a career. He's in great shape. I mean he moved well. It was a good match. I was surprised. It was a good match again. Psycho Clown bled all over the place. Yeah, um, I had to try and, and then, find highlights of this. We don't have to sit through the whole thing. Yeah, and then the ceremony at the end, like they do the unmasking ceremony, and he's cutting the promo. And, like, the guy who spoke Spanish, who was doing the commentary, like, he was doing an awesome job, like, translating it. Mm-hmm. But you could – he was talking just loud enough that you could hear what he was saying, but he wasn't over-talking the promo. I mean, he did a great job. I got to give him all the props in the world on that one. And it was, a very, it was a very emotional moment when he finally took the mask off. People in the audience were bawling their eyes out. 
<laughs> his son was in the ring with him crying. Uh, Wagner Jr.'s son. You know, I mean, Psycho Clown led a chant after the end of the match in Wagner's honor. Like, they do the ole, ole, ole yeah. type of thing. Except they they say they were saying the person's name. and he. I mean, it was actually a really emotional moment. It was really cool. The, uh, the whole night, this was the best of the night. And it was the main event, so it should have been. Right. And I feel like Dr. Wagner Jr., for all the years he spent wrestling, they treated him correctly. With It came to being unmasked, the post-match promo, how they handled it, not having run-ins in the match, not having clusterfucks in the match. It was in, And it was a good match. So that was the saving grace of the show, at least. Right. And then the only other thing was is they did like a, uh, a AAA 25-year – retrospective video package that they showed in the arena. So it wasn't put up on the screen. It was, it was shown on the big screen and they basically had the camera on the big screen so we could see it. That was okay. a damn good video package actually with the music they cut to it and everything. That was, that was really, really good. Cool. So those are the two best parts of the night <laughs> the, <laughs> and then the two pre-show matches. But so yeah, anyhow went way more in depth than I thought I would, but yeah, I didn't want to stop you. You seem really into so, uh, it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sorry. Uh, did you do you want do you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown before the May Young Classic and get it over with, or do you only want to talk about that one moment we're talking about on on Raw? What was the one moment we're talking about on Raw? John Cena cutting oh, from yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, there I, was one other moment. What was that? You when, tell me because I haven't watched Raw yet. Oh, okay. The the women's title match? Yeah. You want to talk about shooting? Yeah. Um, they were pummeling each other. I mean, it was a lot of stiff-looking shots with both of them. And at one point, Alexa Bliss, I, I think she forearmed Sasha. I don't remember if it was a fist or a forearm. So hard in the face that I yeah. swear to God, she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to watch that yeah oh man it was like they had just gotten back in the ring and it was just straight across the face and as it was happening you're just like oh damn <laughs> nice yeah yeah i i watched like the little clipped version of the cena roman reigns promo and that seemed pretty heated but i do want to watch the full thing the full thing was amazing yeah you're not the only person that was posting like um, cheering for John Cena. What the fuck? Yeah. You no. Know, so. But look, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. Yeah. People can shit on him as much as they want. When it yeah. comes to having his matches, he brings it every time. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he is a great promo, and yeah. he had great matches this year. You know, with the likes of AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and everything. And my favorite part of the part of the promo that I saw was when he talked about becoming the U.S. champion and how it was an honor to him, and so he used that to try to elevate others with the U.S. Open Challenge. Yep. And when Roman Reigns became the U.S. champion, he looked at it like a demotion. And I think Roman Reigns' reaction was genuine. It wasn't a work like, oh, fuck you. It was a genuine, like, you know. Yeah. I read, I read <coughs> some speculation that some feel that Cena uh, shot on – Reigns with his promo trying to generate a greater reaction out of him. You know what? That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. 
and then all, all Roman Reigns has come back with is, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I they, do like they, uh, the part. Go ahead. Yeah, like the whole thing, when the whole thing started and Cena was just like, I mean, tearing him apart. Yeah. You could see Reigns was just standing there looking not upset, but he just looked bored, you know, which is just his normal yeah. facial expression. But then that's when, you know, when he started trying to talk and Cena started pulling the, you know, it's called the promo kid, you know, learn yeah. how to do it. And, you know, just like starting to go into all that stuff and like really that's when you could see Rain started having like some kind of reaction. Yep. So honestly, you know, like when when you watch the whole thing, yeah, it, it would not surprise me if if that's what was actually going on. So did once Rain started kind of shooting from the hip, if you will, did he do better? Better, but I mean, Cena it was still, still. Oh, he was buried him. No, when, when Cena when Cena's on a roll with a with a promo, he's gonna he's gonna destroy you. Oh yeah, the whole thing was. You know what I mean? It was I liked so brutal. When Rain Kurt Angle was just standing in the corner, just like with a smile on his face, because <laughs> he's probably like, "This is awkward." Yeah, <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah, because like he wasn't saying anything at that point. He was, you know, just overseeing the sign, the contract signing. Yeah. So after he said his thing, he was just standing there, and like, you know, every time the camera would go to scene and he was near him, he would just have this like eh, kind of smile <laughs> on his face. Phenomenal. Um. I had uh, the 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 comment he made about Cena being part time, which you might go, oh, that's what Cena said to The Rock. But then Cena comes back with, um, yeah, yeah maybe part time, but I'd be gone if I didn't have to keep if you could do your job. I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, the reason I keep coming back is because you can't do your job. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nah, I've, I've from what I, the, the the YouTube what they put on YouTube was pretty awesomely heated so i do look forward to watching the whole thing just with the may young classic and with triple mania and life and work i just haven't gotten around to it it hasn't been a priority for me this week yeah no i hear you because monday night i literally sat down and watched all four episodes of the may young classic see i got out of work at like two o'clock on monday yep and when i realized that the may young classic was on the network yeah, I watched yeah. like two episodes right when I got home. I yep. sort of watched another one when my wife was making dinner. You know, my kids were in and out of the room. Yeah, and then as as they were showering and getting ready for bed, I threw on the last one. So, well, um, before we get to that, I do want to say about NXT this week. Uh, Bobby Roode and Roderick Strong had a fantastic match. I did watch that as well. Cool. I, I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely worth watching. Um, so, quick notes right at the beginning. The ring looks odd with just the white ropes and the white logos on the turnbuckles and the plain canvas. And when they darken the arena, I mean, I know they do that because they want to focus on the action in the ring, but it did look odd to you? Because um, usually full sail is bright and colorful, and, like, when they did the Cruiserweight Classic, <clears> they had – they had the like the the stuff on the canvas and the purple ropes and but everything you know what, or the silver ropes. Yeah, I what? like how they give it a different look. Oh no, I agree. I because agree. I, and I'm I glad don't they like... didn't do pink ropes or anything crappy like that. Right. But... Well, I mean, the cruiserweights have the purple, so at least yeah. It just no, it I looks so it. plain Jane. But at the same time, maybe it's you know yeah. Hey, just yeah. watch. Right. Watch the wrestling. Yeah. Um. 
a pattern in this show over these first round, over these four episodes that I noticed was taking an inexperienced wrestler and uh, – sorry, is, is a veteran taking on an inexperienced wrestler and having kind of like an okay match. And the difference was is like in the CWC, every wrestler was very polished except for that fucking Hulu Lung guy from, from China that sucked. And which led to, I think, a better first round matches than we got in the in the women's. The women's there was a few standout first round matches. There was a few duds and there was a few OKs. But I think it was you had a higher higher quantity of like WWE made talent that really haven't done anything yet. So they're kind of inexperienced. You know right. what I mean? Yep. And I think that was. Because I remember after the the first round, there was some people saying, oh, people didn't really care for it, this or that. And well, yeah, when you have, a, you know, when they, especially when you compare it to the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, when you have a bunch of inexperienced people taking on, you know, veterans, yeah, the veterans are going to carry them the best they can. But yeah, I think my, you're going to see a much better second round than first round. My overall impression of the first round, and I, yep. I think I messaged you, I said there were some matches that were great. Yep. There were some matches that were bleh. And there yeah. were some matches that one person vastly outshined the other person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, just, just like what you were saying, with the Cruiserweight Classic, mm-hmm. it was a lot more veteran yep. performers. Yes. And in this one... A lot more one, polished guys. There, there's a bunch of people who are, you know, just a couple years in. Yep. You know, just, or, I mean, really just kind of starting out. Oh, there was one girl that her first ever match was yeah. this tournament. Yeah. The, the Chinese lady that took on Martina uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. That was her first ever wrestling match. Yeah, she's an athletic woman. She was at the tryout. She was at the performance center working out uh, on and on and on. But still, I mean, like. Right. So. And, and when was, you have that. Yeah. There were a lot of matches where it looked like they were just kind of waiting Yes. Yes. And and my wife, who doesn't really watch wrestling, like she used to watch with me and my friends. Yeah. But, you know, she'll, occasionally she'll sit down for a little bit. She said to me, she's like, why does it look like they're just standing around waiting for the person to do something? I was like, well, because to be that's honest, that's what doing. she's doing. <laughs> yep. Um, so I was concerned about Jim Ross being tapped to call the action because I'm used to how Jim Ross called matches in the past uh, in WCW and then WWE during the Divas days and everything, how he – you can go on the network and listen to it now. I mean like making comments of objectifying the women, making comments about she's good for a woman. You know, that is a good match for a girl, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And just with that old school mentality, I was kind of worried like, uh, is it going to happen? He was excellent. I was – like I, I, I thought him and Lita did a great job together. I thought Lita actually provided color commentary, not just. I sort of disagree with you. Really? Why? Not Jim why, Ro- but Jim yeah. Ross, I didn't mind. I yeah. was, I'm very happy that I get to hear him call matches yeah. again. Yep. <clears throat> um, as the round went on, I think Lita got better. Yep. But the first two episodes. Yep. Maybe even into the third one, a lot for me, like a lot of her commentary seemed like someone would do a move and she'd just be like, oh, nice. You know, maybe so. 
I just to me like I, I, I maybe I didn't focus on her as much as I did Jim Ross. I just thought like by the end of by by the end of the fourth episode, I was like, ah, I thought they did a good job together as a duo. But I was very surprised. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I know I agree. Jim by Ross the end, can call a great match. By the end of the of episode four, I think it was yeah. way better. But I mean, if you go back and watch, you yeah. know, some of the, like a lot of what she was doing. I mean, I love Lita. Yeah. But oof. <laughs> She's also new, so right. um, to the to the to the commentary. Yeah, but but she, I, I mean, I, I'm not shows for years, so she's used to talking about stuff. Fair enough. Uh, and I'm not trying to say Jim Ross is bad. He's one of my all-time favorite guys to listen to. Love listening to him call the action. I'm just, historically speaking, when it comes to ladies' matches, hasn't been all that great. But I thought he was excellent. I loved how he kept talking about different indie promotions like Chikara, Progress, World of, the yep. World of Sports Special. I thought that was awesome. I thought, to me, it sounded like the Jim Ross of old, like the Jim Ross I used to love listening to. So it was fantastic to me. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go over every single match, but I do have a little note on every match practically because <laughs> okay. I typed it as I watched it. So uh, first episode of the of the first episode with the opening match, we got Princess Suhei against Kaylee Ray, and she submitted her. Yep. Um, I thought the gory bomb that Ray hit on Suhei was excellent. Yes. And I was actually glad to see Suhei get the win and move on because – I think she deserves the U.S. exposure. I think Kaylee Ray is young enough that she'll, she, you know, she'll get it. Still, she's been in, you know, in Shimmer and, and around the world and whatnot. And she's, but uh, I think I don't think we're going to see Princessa Suhei go past the second round personally. Right. But I'm glad to see her at least make it to the second round to get some more U.S. exposure. I mean, back when I had cable, I got Fox Sports and Espanol, and I used to watch her on CML all the time against Marcella and. And others over there, so it's kind of cool to see her finally get some U.S. exposure. Mm. Yeah, um, I, think, I think for a first match, yeah, of the whole thing, I think they did a decent job. Yes, yep, I agree with that one. Uh, Serena Deb pinned Vanessa Bourne with a spear, and this is like um, the the first of the veterans against the Greens. I mean, Bourne is super green, and it showed. Yeah. Uh, there's a and I you know I made this come. I think there's a lot of other women on the Indies that could have performed better in this tournament. The match was just okay. I don't see I don't see Serena winning, but I think she has a great story of redemption coming back and actually see her wrestle in the WWE as opposed to stand at ringside. That's that's a nice change of pace. Yeah, and I and a, I also think by the end of this, I think she's going to end up as a trainer. <laughs> probably. And also, let's just, I want to point out that Ronnie thinks she looks better with her head shaved and with hair. Yeah. yeah he's he the only one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Shayna Baszler defeated or submitted Zeta with a rear naked choke. Pretty fast match. Match felt super awkward to me. It basically, it was a squash. Um, no yeah, idea well, if Zeta's a good wrestler or not. I, I, hopefully, yeah, they bring that's... her back, at least have some NXT matches so we can see. But Right. You know, the only comment I can make about her is that when she got in the rear naked choke, she didn't sit there with her hand hovering over the map. Am I going to tap out? Am I not going to tap out? No. She struggled for a little bit, and then she just tapped out. I hate that holding the hand up. Oh, am I going to tap out? Maybe I'm not. Oh, I am. Maybe I'm not. I, I hate that. It's the dumbest thing. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. Um, I think that was – Basler was the first one who refused to shake the hands, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, because in, you know, in a match, yeah, in a tournament like this where people don't necessarily know who other people are, yeah, the crowd 
you know, like they might not get behind someone. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's two people that they've never seen wrestle before. I know Basler's, you know, in the MMA. You know, whatever. that's the one thing I hope we don't get is her just being like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a real fighter. I'm not a fake wrestler, so I'm not going to sell anything." I hope we don't get that. Right. That would that that would annoy me. Well, I mean, Ken Shamrock did amazing in WWE, so absolutely, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And you know, and, and you know, the rumor is Ronda Rousey wants to jump into the WWE ring. Well, so they've been teasing knows. the the four horsewomen of yes. Of, MMA and the four yes. wrestling. So right, because you have Shanna Baszler, you have Ronda Rousey, you have Roderick Strong's girlfriend or, or fiance is the other, and then I can't think of the fourth one. But yeah, I don't um, and then the main event of that show was uh, Abby Lath against yeah, Jazzy, Jazzy Gabbard. Gabbard. I thought Jazzy was going to win because she's prototypical WWE type person, big, muscle bound. Yeah. Robotic, whatever. Um, and then uh, looking at Abby Lath, who wrestled on the independent scene as uh, yeah, Princess Kimberly. Yeah. Well, she was in Chicago as well, but she was from New England, so we saw up here a lot. But oh, she wrestled okay. as Princess Kimberly in Chicago and then just Kimberly in the independents. Um, I thought between her and Ruby Riot, they used to be a tag team together. And I thought when they both got signed at the same time, I thought for sure we'd see Kimberly or Abby Lath. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we'd see Ruby Riot on TV, and it was surprised me when it was the other way, and we just now are seeing Abby Lath. Um, I thought there was a great match. I thought there was a great finish to the match. You know, the, the pin she got, she got like, you know what I mean? It's, it's yep. a good pin because she beat such a bigger opponent. She fought from behind the whole time. It was a great, I thought it was, it was the best match of that show, no doubt. Um, but it was a good finish. I and if based on the first round, I, I feel like Abby's going to be one of the final contestants. I could see that. Um, incidentally, if you go on the May Young Classic Wikipedia page, they've already posted all but the final four, the final three matches. Well, because they haven't be, happened yet. I will be so, avoiding the page. <laughs> uh, yeah, because someone else posted. Oh, great! I just went to look this up and. I've been avoiding. I avoid been avoiding avoiding the spoilers on this, like you yeah. wouldn't believe, because I want to be surprised. Um, so going into episode two, Mercedes Martinez against uh, with the Gia Lee. She beat her with that surfboard sleeper. Yeah. Um, surfboard dragon sleeper. I mean, again, this was Gia Lee's first ever wrestling match. She did some basic stuff to show off her spots, and she looked good. Martinez wasn't really able to show at all what she was capable of, so it should be interesting in the later rounds when she actually gets to show off her skills. But she's pretty awesome. She's been wrestling for 17 years. I've seen her a bunch. She's really, really good. Um, Zia Lee, she had that big opening kata thing she was doing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Rachel Evers against Marty Bell with an inside cradle. This was bad. Yup. That this was the first match that they looked totally out of this step to me. This was bad. And I, I completely plant all of that on Marty Bell's shoulders because she was bad in TNA as well. Was she? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rachel Evers is trained by Lance Storm. Right. And well, I mean, she actually, she her last up, name, Yeah, Evers, she grew up in the is, business. Well, no, actually, it's funny. Uh, just today, I heard on 
Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus, Lance okay. Storm interviewed her. Actually, he interviewed her, Chelsea Green, and Taya Valkyrie. But in her segment, she talked about her father did not let them watch wrestling. She did not watch her first wrestling match until she was 16. Really? Yeah. And it was Lita huh. against Trish Stratus when they main evented Raw, and it was on YouTube. And after that, she fell in love with wrestling and wanted to wrestle. The reason why her name is Evers is because she had her first couple matches as Rachel Ellering in the WWE. But right. then her dad came back to manage the Authors of Pain. And he's a heel. She's a face. Yep. So they said, you got to change your name. And she wanted to keep the RE initial because all of her gear had RE on it. And so she submitted Evers after she asked Lance if that would be okay because that was her trainer. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And WWE agreed to it once it cleared legal and this and that. But here's what's kind of funny. Rachel's older sister is named – oh, crap. Rebecca. Okay. And Lance's kids are named Rebecca and Rachel. His oldest is Rebecca. His youngest <laughs> is Rachel. And their ages are, are like – they're not the same age. Like I think, Rachel, I think Rachel Ellering and Rebecca Evers are the same age is what they said. But like their ages are, are similar and this and that. And it's kind of hilarious. And so Lance asked his daughter Rachel if it was okay for her to use the name Rachel Evers. <laughs> and her daughter just thought it was funny. But yeah, so that's why she uses Evers. And But yeah, she never watched wrestling until she was 16. And once she w- watched it, she goes, now it's my whole life now. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this was terrible. This was a terrible match. Yeah, like I, I really hope match. in round two that she has an opponent that can carry her. Yeah, exactly. Or, or that it was just that her opponent was not good. Yeah. Yeah, because. Marty Bell was terrible. She is like, – I've never seen a good match of hers. Hmm. Um. See, so yeah, Rhea Ripley defeated Miranda Salinas with a full Nelson slam. These are the only two ladies in the whole tournament I've never heard of. I Or didn't know anything about or anything like that. I was very unimpressed with Rhea Ripley in this match. Uh, I was too. Actually, I was more impressed with Miranda Salinas. Yep. I'm sure we'll see more of her. Ripley's 20. They kept putting that over. She's tall. Yeah. There's a lot of tall women in this. A lot of oh, big yeah. women in this. But, like, she's got wicked long legs, and she does a lot of high kicking, and that's right. kind of her thing. So it would be interesting to see what happens in the second round with her. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't overly impressed either. And, yeah. And then Mia Yim and Sarah Logan. All right, so this match was awesome. Yes. yes. Awesome match. And WWE would be absolutely stupid to not sign Mia Yim if she was interested in signing with them. Yeah. I thought for sure Sarah Logan was going to go over just because we've already seen her in NXT. We saw her on TakeOver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Mia Yim won with Eat Defeat. And, uh, yeah, this was a super good match. Mia Yim's awesome. And that's no surprise to me. Sarah Logan, way better. Like, this is definitely the best match I've seen of hers in NXT so far. Right. So, yeah, this was a fantastic – this was not the best match of the opening round, but this is like number three. So, for me. Yeah, Uh, I'm – Yeah. I I wanted Logan to go over as well just because I've always liked her. Yeah. But, I mean, she'll get signed. (laughs) I mean, if if she wants to come there, she will. Mia Yim is one who I could see believably against Asuka in a match. Yeah. Um, episode three, Tony Storm pinned Aisha Raymond. Aisha Raymond wrestles as Jungle Girl, like G R R L on the Indies. 
Right. Uh, Tony Storm, she's really good. She's excellent. Tony Storm. Uh, yes, I've been watching her yeah. a lot over in progress and and whatnot, and uh, she's super good. And uh, she actually got to showcase it here. Um, I'd be surprised if she won the tournament or if she even signed with WWE because I don't see her leaving progress anytime soon, but you never know. But I think like Zack Sabre Jr., just this exposure is going to be awesome for her. Yeah. But she's, she's super good. Yeah, I the one thing at the start of this match that I decided I was rooting for her yeah. was I hated Aisha Raymond's like stupid little cat face paint. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, really? Like, you're not six years old. That's not cute. So I will root against you on the basis of I hate your stupid face paint. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can understand that completely. <laughs> you know, although Tony Storm had that weird, like the black eye the thing, that the football player. Oh used. yeah, yeah. I don't just know if that's one a rugby of them, right? thing. I don't know if that's a rugby thing. Because she's be. she's Australian. She's New Zealand. I mean, New Zealander. Sorry, she's New Zealander. So I don't know if it's a rugby thing, but um, yeah, I was like, that doesn't make sense. You're indoors, yeah. so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, just, I liked her. Great. She was good. I mean, this second round, and I have the second round matches written down at the end of this. It's going to be a loaded second round. Um, Dakota Kai pinned Kavita Devai with a double stomp. Uh, right. Kai is better known as Evie on the Indies in Japan. Yep. Um. So this match worked for me because Devai clearly is new. She's clearly green. She got to show off all her power and strength and inexperience. Uh, but it was – sorry, all her power and strength. But her inexperience allowed Kai to get the win. Right. And essentially Kai got her ass kicked and then she did that like around the ring kick in the face that looked – Brutal. Vicious. <laughs> yeah. 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 It looked – Wow. And then the double foot stomp, you know, finished off the match. So yeah. that match worked for me. Yeah. Because, yeah. Go ahead. No, that that's basically it. But you, oh. one thing, one thing, have you noticed, there are a lot of Australian or like New Zealand women in well, the WWE now? Well, yeah. I mean, there is. There's a, there was a promotion that started over there and it really, there's a lot of girls over there who took to it. I mean, uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They were over there in that promotion in Australia um, as well. So, I mean, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a hotbed. Yeah. I mean, some like uh, over in uh, Progress, you have the uh, South Pacific power couple of Black Dahlia and – oh, crap. I can't remember his name now, and I feel like an ass because I can't, but it doesn't matter. And then their teammate is, is uh, the Kiwi buzzsaw, Travis Banks. Travis Banks is coming up uh, BOLA this weekend. Travis Banks is awesome. Right. Yeah, so I'm – yeah, I've been watching – like I said, I've been watching him in progress. He's pretty damn awesome. And uh, like I said, we haven't talked about it yet, but the Battle of Los Angeles 2017 is this coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, this weekend. And I'm very excited uh, to watch that when it finally becomes available. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this match worked for me because – I think Dakota Kai moving on is best for the tournament <laughs> as far as quality of wrestlers. But uh, WWE got to put over their new, uh, you know, Kavita Devai there, which I bet you you'll see her on the uh, India tours when they go oh, in September. Yeah. Um, so this one was interesting. Uh, Bianca Belair against Sage Beckett. Sage Beckett was Rosie Ladalove in TNA, yep. except she's lost about 130 pounds according to the interweb. And – 
Bianca Belair, who I was actually very impressed with, is a completely and totally a product of the Performance Center. I with no other prior wrestling experience. Totally dislike uh, Bianca Belair. Why? Because I think the hair whip thing is the dumbest friggin' thing I've ever seen in my life. She's okay. whipping someone with her hair that at the way end is the thin it like put something in your hair okay. to make okay. it look like it's an actual weapon. But All right. come on. Okay, I was see I was about to call you out on the carpet on that one. Because I'm like, dude, how many Kung Fu movies have we seen? And how many Kung but Fu movies? But when you said the weapon at the end, of that, okay, heavy all right. beads or something that, like, when yep. they swing it, it's gonna smack you in your face. Not a little rubber band on nope. the tips of your hair. All right, that's gonna feel like the wind going by. I will, I will, I will wholeheartedly agree with you now. Yeah, but I was actually really impressed with her based on the fact that she's a, a performance center product, like. Yeah. She was a dancer her, or something else. Her spear looked vicious, too. It did, and but she looked really good in the ring. She looked pretty athletic. I mean, and <clears throat> her advancing, she's – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say she, she took a good beating for a lot yeah. of the match. Yep. And then she made a good comeback, and that yeah. spear looked great. And then the final match of this, um, Piper Nevin against Santana Garrett. Okay, when these two girls came out, I was like – Okay, this is crazy. Um, this is a very significant opening match. Uh, these are two of the probably the most unknown but top indie women wrestlers that are out there. Yeah. Um, they're both excellent, and that was my note. Both are excellent. This will be interesting uh, before the match started. Piper Nevin, she's from, uh, I don't know, Scotland, Scotland, UK, whatever. She, uh, she was in the world of sport. Uh, Santana Garrett. Like was the NWA Women's Champion for a couple of years. She's been around the United States, Southern United States, and around the world for I don't know half dozen years now. Wrestling uh, these two together, like I knew this was going to be a fantastic match. Cannot believe this was an opening round match that they put yeah. these two. Yeah, because it's like both of them deserve to go on. This, this but, was uh, one of like two or three matches that I was like, man, this if this was a second or even like a semifinal match, yeah. I, it would have still been fantastic. Yeah, but um. Great match. It was definitely the liveliest I've seen the crowd all <laughs> four shows was this match. Right. I was really surprised at the finish. I thought for sure Garrett was going to go over. Oh, man. When Niven hit the uh, the Michinoku driver. <sighs> yeah. That sit-out Michinoku driver. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, would, I was – to me, I didn't uh, – when you're watching the Cruiserweight Classic near the end, especially like those, like even the second round on, like they made every match mean something. So like when someone lost, you're like, ah, oh, they're going home. I'm not going to see them. Yeah. You know, you you kind of were like, damn, that's too bad. That's how I feel about Santana Garrett not being in the tournament. Right. It's the only match all tournament I felt that way. Well, until the last episode. Um, up until that. So. Yeah, but um, I, I, I'm glad Piper never moved on. She's not your stereotypical. Like, build for a woman wrestler in the WWE. Yeah, but she's great in the ring, so it does. It shouldn't matter. Um, I hope Garrett joins the WWE if she wants to, because I think she would be an awesome addition to the women's roster, making it better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic. You know, honestly, the main event of every of all four episodes was really good. So, um, episode four. 
opened up with uh, Candice LeRae beating Renee Michelle with Miss LeRae's, Miss LeRae's Wild Ride. And again, this was another veteran with a less experienced worker. And it just, unfortunately, even though Candice LeRae was involved, this was kind of a dud to me. Yeah. And yeah, but she advanced. So hopefully we'll see her something better in the second round. And then Lacey Evans against Tanara Conti. This match fucking sucked. This was horrible. This was two green people against each other. I I don't care what Lacey Evans did for our country. <laughs> um, she sucks in the ring, and yeah, yeah. This was that was abysmal. And then Nicole Savoy beat Renee Gonzalez with the uh, cross arm breaker. Yeah. Uh, Renee Gonzalez, second generation wrestler to Ricky Gonzalez. And uh, she was actually better than I thought she would be. There are a, to me, like, okay, there's a lot of like rough and tough quote unquote Texans in wrestling, like Stan Hansen, Lance K, JBL, Joe Doring over in Japan right now, like, or Bruiser Brody, like those big, just those big, rough, tough guys that beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reina Gonzalez is like the first female version that I can think of that kind of seems to match that type of style and build. So, but again, this match, that match wasn't the best. No. And then the main event, uh, Kari Saint pinned yeah. Tessa Blanchard with a diving elbow drop. And this, this was <sighs> another one that I was like, yes. I cannot believe you're putting this in the first round. They should have had like Kari Sane beat Lacey Evans and Tessa but, Blanchard beat Tanara you know Conti, and then have these two wrestle in the second round. I, but, I was thinking about it, you know, when when I watched it all, yeah. and I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what, it made sense because you had to have a couple matches that would really blow people away yeah, to get yeah. them to come back to the second round. Right, and <clears> you know, like in the Cruiserweight Classic with, um, you know, when uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny, you know, Gargano. Johnny Wrestling fought. Holy shit. Like that, that match? So I, I still I think that was the best match of the whole tournament. That was the best match of the whole tournament, and yes. And it was a first-round match. And you're just like, why are they fighting in the first round? You know, but then you're like, oh, okay, because it was amazing. And I'm like, yeah. I see that, and I'm like, crap, if this is a first-round match, imagine what the second round is going to be like. Um, This is the absolute best we've seen of Tessa ever in NXT because she's actually oh, yeah. got a chance to show what she can do in the ring. <laughs> Yep. Um, this probably was the best match of the first round, or uh, close to it. It's hard to say because Santana Garrett it, Piper Nevin was so good. Yeah, that and Mia one. and Sarah Logan was so good. Right. Um, but yeah, this was a, this, this was, was probably a, my favorite. This was a great match. If for this was a for the elbow drop. This was a well. These two girls have wrestled in stardom together a bunch, so I mean they oh, have, have they? Chem- oh, okay. yeah they have chemistry, and. So that right away, and you you watched neither one of them were pulling their punches. They were beating the tar out of each other. Yeah. And that finish, I mean, she murdered Tessa with that elbow. Yeah, like <laughs> the thing I like about her elbow drop is when, like, the Macho Man would do his drop, and yeah. he, you could tell he was kind of leading with his legs. Yeah. She yeah. leads with that elbow. Yeah. I mean, she, she throws her body that, in the air. The elbow yeah. into it, and you're just like, God damn, that looks painful. 
and she jumps so high in the air. Oh, yeah. it's sick. It's the sickest elbow drop I've ever seen off the top. <clears throat> yeah. It's, I, it's it's the best one I've ever seen. I I am going out on a limb and I'm gonna say that she is in the finals. I don't know oh, if yeah. she's gonna win, but she's going at all the way to the finals. I I believe that. I believe that. <clears throat> I, I don't know what the brackets look like. Yeah. Well, but. okay, I don't know what the brackets look like either, other than the second round. I can tell you the second round, I got it here in front of me. Okay. So the second round, uh, and again, I don't know the order, but these are definitely the second round matches based on the brackets on the TV from the first round at the end of the final episode. Uh, Abby Lath versus Rachel Evers. Okay. So that could be good. I think I will Abby say Lath this, will win. Except for one, all of these could be great matches. I, I think Abby Lath will win as well. Uh, Princess Suhey against Mercedes Martinez. I'm going to go it's with gonna, Martinez. I'm Me too. Me too. That's going to be a tough one, but me yeah. too. Uh, Nicole Savoy against Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. Uh, unfortunately, I think Savoy is going to win, but I want it to be Candice LeRae. Yeah. Um, Mia Yim against Shauna Baser. Hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, be Mia Yim. unfortunately, I think Shanna Baser is going to win. Baszler is going to win this one. Hmm. Just because of who she's friends with. Oh, yeah. Um, That's true, because I, I guess I it think, puts the story forward. But I, you know what, though? But yeah. She'll probably take a beatdown in the process. She probably will. Or Mia Yim maybe gets the quick upset win, and then that kind of also lead into the four horsewoman, four horsewoman thing, because, you know, Charlotte and company are shitting on her for losing. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, Kari Sane against Bianca Belair. Kari Sane. Kari There's Sane. Yeah. no doubt in my mind about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dakota Kai against Rhea Ripley. Poor Dakota Kai keeps getting stacked up against six foot tall, powerful woman. Yeah, you know what? That I was not impressed with with her. What's her face? Dakota uh, Kai. Or no, Rhea Ripley? Uh, Davey. And and the fact that in her promo she's talking about how she was trained by the great Kali. I mean, oh, oh, Devi. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, she went to Great Kali's school. Yes. I'm like, you can so, tell because she barely moved in the ring. Yeah. And when she did, it was awkward. So. Yeah. Um. Piper I, Nevin. Oh, I think. I, you know what? They were really, really pushing Ripley. So I think they'll probably have her go over, even though I don't want her to. Yep. I agree. Um, Serena Deeb against Piper Nevin. Piper, um, Piper, she needs. I think she needs to go over on this one. And then this this match scares me to death. Actually, uh, Lacey Evans against Tony Storm. Oof. And this is what scares me. I feel like Tony Storm absolutely deserves the win. She is head and shoulders above Lacey Evans when it comes to in ring ability and skill and style and charisma and just everything. However, Lacey Evans is a contracted WWE worker for NXT. Tony Storm is not. Uh, and it just like it would kind of like I yeah, understand but, it's the work, but sometimes but, pe- some certain people don't deserve to beat other people. But Zack Sabre Jr. was refusing to sign a contract and he went pretty far. Yep. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. <coughs> but so I'm, I'm hope Tony Storm should be winning this match. She well, should. If be nothing against. else, Tony Storm will carry her to a good match. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. 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 Some people you just can't carry to a good match. Not true. But uh, I was, I was, you know, overall, the round one, 
I enjoyed it. It was great. Four episodes of wrestling to watch. You know, uh, that was three hours basically. Yeah, there there were very few matches that I felt were a complete waste of my time. Two of them in general is the two that jump out to me. Yeah. So the Rachel Evers, Marty Bell, and the Lacey Evans match, first round match that she had there against Tanara Conti. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. And there was four really good matches, two really good matches, really great matches. So. Yeah. Yeah. So stay away from the Wikipedia entry unless you want to know what happens. Yeah. I, you know what? What to get just a list of the the matches? Yeah. I almost went on the Wikipedia page. Ooh, good thing you didn't. But I, I did not. The... I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. And like one of the other, when I was looking for results, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I just want round one results just so I remember what all the matches were. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here's the results for round two. Of, I'm like, no, fuck you. It's not yeah. even on TV yet. I don't want that shit. And that's the other thing. I have no idea when it's going to be on. They haven't. They haven't. As far as I know, they haven't <laughs> announced when the next rounds are going to be put up on on online. Well, when the finals is a live thing, this is right? some Yeah, it is. So, I mean, maybe next week they'll put four more episodes up. See, I'm wondering if they're going to do four more or if they're going to try and stretch it out, maybe put two. I don't know. I just – as long two, as they I, put them up. You know, because they, they can put it up four, and that would be the whole second round. And then there's only two for the – you know. Maybe it's three episodes would be the second round? I don't know. Because the second, I mean, the first round had 16 matches. The second round has one, two, eight. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they could do three episodes would be the second round, three matches per episode because they're 20 minute time limit or whatever plus the oh, filler. Right. And then yeah, they could have, and then you'd you'd have uh, four matches to get down to your final four. And the final four have not been posted, so they they filmed all the way up to the final four. Okay. So, as, you know, according to this person, that went, oh, don't go on here. <laughs> yeah. Friggin' jerks. So, <laughs> yeah. Here, I'm trying to uh, – WWE Network, full schedule. Let's see if they have next Monday on here yet. September 4th. No, that's Sunday, right? Yeah. The 4th? Yeah. Yeah, they just have round. They only go to 5 a.m. on the fourth, so yeah. they don't have that the full schedule. Yeah, because I'd like to know when round two is going to be up myself. So yeah, cool. Um, I guess that's everything I want to talk about. You got anything you want to add? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. All right, I guess we'll wrap it up then. I'm uh, I'm on the Twitter machine at SuperstarML. I am at Aaron S. Bell. Ronnie's Ronbar316. I mean, is he still technically on this show? Yeah, he was on last week, wasn't he? I don't know. Was he? He could have been, I guess. I don't remember. I've been pretty busy. Yeah, okay, maybe. Sorry, yeah, Ronnie. I, no, I was on last week. He was on two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, okay, see? Sick. All right, there you go. Uh, the, sh- the, the show is at, I know he's got baseball year round down there yeah. green country uh, the show is at uh, May Young Classic May Young Classic yeah. hashtag May Young Classic <laughs> and don't forget the uh, the Facebook page I don't run the Twitter so I don't know Ronnie runs the Twitter yeah so I guess technically he's still part of the show yeah yeah he runs the Twitter so there we go but yeah thanks
Oh, I was muted. <sighs> I was coughing, and then I had nothing. 